Thank you for joining us on the Pocket Singularity Podcast. We explore the world of the future through short stories, news bulletins, and actual play experiences using the Genesis Narrative Dice System. We hope you enjoy this ride up the gravity well with us. Embrace it if you can I squinted as I stepped out into the packed streets, momentarily blinded by the harsh glare of the advertising drones spraying out holographic advertising on every available surface. High overhead it was raining, but the tightly packed star scrapers caught the water, meaning only a haze made it down a street level. Music pounded out of storefronts, a discordant clash, and even over that the buskers, preachers and hawkers could be heard, amplified by the compact speakers and throat mics that were all the rage these days. I waited for my moment and pushed into the flow of human traffic, finding the pace of the crowd and being carried down Market Street. My mark was a few hundred feet ahead of me, looking shiftily about and trying to lose himself in the crowd. He might have succeeded, too, if not for the fee from Anderson. The little drone kept pace above him, indistinguishable from the other tiny flying craft that packed the air a few feet above us. The soft AI on board locked onto the Arfid tag had managed to plant earlier on. The tracking information fed back to the hood in my AR glasses, popping a beacon above my mark, visible only to me, giving me the chance to gradually catch up without having to run. I hate running. He gradually allowed himself to be pushed to the edge of the crowd, then slipped out of the thronging mass down one of the many side streets. Anderson kept pace as my mark dodged around the faux wooden stalls and the hawkers, even louder here, where the building channeled the sound of the masses and added their own clashing melange of noise. Music from ten different nations pulsed. Vendors shouted and shook last week's tech at me. Offered food hot and cold from around the world. Jewellery and badges and tourist junk. I took my time. Another townie comfortable in the clutter. Declining the offers without causing offence. My mark vanished again, turning off the streets and off again. The Arfid flashed through the walls of building. Anderson keeping pace. Into a tight alley. A chain fence blocking the path halfway down. The noise of the streets was less here, the rain actually managing to be present in more than concept, running down the walls and making the old pavement treacherous. Bags of refuse were stacked up, but I was used to the smell. My mark was talking to another, some pasty white guy with a black hoodie advertising some band I've never heard of, worn DMs kicking furrows in the trash as they spoke. A handshake, a small package change in ownership. Anderson, without being told, zoomed and snapped and stored that one for later. I sidled into the alley, unobtrusive, just another street folk. I subvocalized. Okay, rig. Open tag. And the targeting reticule appeared on the hood in my AR glasses, my pupils moving the crosshairs around. I ran the marker to the face of Pasty Guy and muttered, Okay, rig. Mark and sniff. I felt the slight hum of my smart rig capture pictures of the guy's face, start running it through the local enforcement database. A hit. Known as a petty dealer with nothing outstanding. Ah well, so much for a double payday. Still, worth keeping an eye on for the future, and it's another check against my mark. A trickle of rain got past my hat and ran down my back, causing me to shudder involuntarily. The movement caught the mark's eye and pasty guy spooked, climbing the chain link and running. 
My mark turned to me, brazen, shouting. I smiled wearily. Carl Jeremy Pennington. There's a warrant out for your arrest for data breach, intoxicant possession, second-tier organic damage and identity corruption. Stand down and come with me. Compliance will be credited. I could see the panic in his eyes, see the reflection of his hood flashing in his corneas as his smart rig frantically tried to dial out for assistance. I locked the targeting reticule of my AR glasses onto the Mark smart rig and called out clearly. Anderson, Zero and Poach. The command triggered a number of subroutines in the soft AI contained within Anderson. It pulsed out the radio signal, following the Mark's own comline back into his smart rig, icebreaker programs blossoming into action. I could see the confusion in the Mark's eyes as the signal was suddenly jammed, followed by the blinking red alert lights popping into his hood as Anderson smashed through his firewall and started data mining. I knew the confusion wouldn't last, and I didn't fancy chasing after the Mark any longer. I drew my sleeper and levelled it at him. Your choice, son. Walk with me, or be carried. On my jacket, the graphics plate lit up, displaying my credentials as an independent warrants officer. Anderson took the opportunity to bip up on the Mark's own hood a copy of the warrant for his arrest, just to salt the wound a little more. Got a nasty sense of humour, Anderson does. The Mark slumped, defeated, presented his wrists for the cuffs I shook out with my offhand. A pop-up alert from Anderson announced he'd completed the full data mine and quarantine of the Mark, transferred the contents of his cloud drive to my secure remote storage. Some of the information there would be sold to help pay my wages, some was evidence, rest was just insurance. I lowered my sleeper and began to cuff the mark. As I expected, he took that opportunity to try and break for it, pushing past me and trying to flee back into the crowded throng of humanity on Market Street. Amateur. They think no one else has ever tried these stunts. I let him run, turning to the side so he can slip past me, taking the opportunity to draw a bead. My sleeper coughed once, quietly. The shock bag took him in the back of the head discharging an electrical kiss to his synapses, dropping him like yesterday's toy. I sighed, walked over and cuffed him, backstack, dragged him to a seated position next to the wall, slumped down on my haunches next to him. Anderson, call me a courier. We've got a delivery to make. Here are a few of our friends on this podcasting journey. Force Majeure is an actual play Star Wars podcast, following groups of emergent Force sensitives trying to survive on the Outer Rim against everything the galaxy can throw at them. So if you're after action, adventure, and a good old sense of humour, come and give us a try. You can find us wherever you find the rest of your podcasts, and that's Force Majeure, M-A-J-E-U-R-E. We're also online at www.forcemajeurepod.com, and you can find us generally on Twitter, at Force Majeure Pod. May the Force be with you. In 2049, Eleanor Anderson had, it was freshly documented, become certified to teach secondary English within the confines of the North American Academic Accreditation Bureau's purview. She now had to build a curriculum to attract students that adhered to the established standards, submit it for a review to a panel of five peers for review and approval. Her instructors at the collegiate level had told the graduates that the new open education platform would be molded by this new crop of teachers. 
they had failed to be honest about the sudden competition that they would face, as anyone who could get the NA3B's approval could set up their own niche educational channel. The sheer number of on-demand educators mushroomed overnight. She had weeks of planning ahead of herself to get this ball rolling. Hello, she begins with a cheeriness that belies her frustration with the system into which her mother had given her all, only to one day become obsolete as she neared retirement. The acorn didn't fall far from the proverbial tree. My name is Eleanor Anderson, and I'm a teacher in secondary English education. On my channel, we will be looking into a range. She pauses the footage and looks down at her notes. She looks back up reviews the footage, and decides to re-record. On my channel, we will explore the world of language as a means of self-expression. We will dive into the ways grammar and word choice not only define the world of literature, but also how an individual defines their inner voice. My classes will meet the standards set out in sections. She concludes with the various items from the standards bulletin. She reviews the video feed from her drone. It works. Nothing elaborate or fancy. It gets her point across. She had submitted demo lessons and a recording of four lessons in the related rubric, scoring of assessments, and how she envisioned her lessons working into the framework of the standards set forth by the NA3B. Now, it was just a wait-and-see period until she could start recording lessons in earnest. Her personal role model, Liz Howard, was going to retire in a couple years. She had bridged the gap of the elementary education world with that of a more developed lower secondary and middle school years. Her work in maths had laid plain the difficulties that girls in particular faced in a field often dominated by male teachers. Eleanor looked up to Liz for a model of balancing the just emerging online demands with the ability to always innovate curriculum. Eleanor's own mother had been a great in the local education system, but she had declined to adapt to the sweeping changes that the new system offered. Her mother excelled at the management of her staff at her little old-fashioned school. She quietly ensured that this economically depressed region of town still had the best team of teachers possible. She hoped to mirror these giants of education. Three weeks had passed since her application for accreditation, and she finally received her feedback and approval. The board said, as was standard protocol, that all lessons had to be submitted for review by the local agency, which in her case of West Virginia was headquartered in Morgantown at the WVU campus. Her home of Fairmont was a small town just south of Morgantown. It had a decent population which hovered just over the threshold to sustain an Appalachian village, as it often seemed. She felt alive and invigorated as she began talking to a few other teachers who had recently gotten approval. Let's form a school, her best friend Grace proposed into her spiced chai. I've heard about big city teachers establishing their own curriculum enough to found an online school. I think if we could find a decent social studies teacher, we could get enough kids to sustain the five of us. The narrow red brick coffee shop on Adam Street had been around for decades and had changed hands more often than could be recalled, but it always catered to the Fairmont State crowd and the other locals whose day needed a caffeine bump. I mean, well, yeah, we could, said Aubrey, the science teacher with a slight eye roll. She had heard Grace bring this up over and over again. 
Oh, we could, you know, try to build a lab for me to use for doing my in-person stuff. This constant debate over the additional stresses of a science course had always annoyed Grace. Both of you calm down, Eleanor interjected. She blew across her cup of semi-viscous, oversweetened coffee. She raised the steaming cup to her lips, wincing at the temperature. Coffee made the old-fashioned, time-honored way was great, but did have its own drawbacks. I figure we can start a school after a few semesters, maybe a few years. We need to get students first. This is high demand, but high supply, so we need to find a way to differentiate ourselves. Kate, you catching this? She stared at the side of Catherine's face, who was lost in thought. Again. Huh? Oh yes, we need to establish ourselves, but I can't help but wonder. If everyone is teaching to the same standards, and students get to pick each class from the list of online classes as long as it conforms, then why do we need a school? We can offer fancy classes, sure. But if they can take any class but science from someone anywhere, why do we invest in getting enough teachers to launch a school? Catherine took a sip of her black coffee and then she continued. I mean, what we need to actually do is corner a sub-market. It is dollars and cents. We need a ringer within the parameters of the standards. I can't pretty up statistics or econ. They aren't glamorous. Calculus can be fun if you're into it, but otherwise, it's just busy work for most students who are just biding time until college. Sure, sure, Eleanor responded, but if the standards are set by the NA3B, then what can we do? I have loads of possible books or stories that I could teach, but what can actually get the attention of people to stick with our course past the drop date? Their coffees, chai lattes, and tea were all drunk, had gone cold, or were refilled. There was much to process and more to actually do. This needs to be so much more than just teaching to the test. This is education, not mass production. In the past 18 years, Eleanor had grown her brand of teaching. She had gone up against the NA3B several times, arguing that since each pupil is different, each teacher should be able to invest their own time when they deem necessary to tailor their classes to the pupils. Standardized lessons were the way to make your money quickly and efficiently. Some pupils passed, some retook, some inevitably dropped. That's what was expected. Eleanor didn't like that paradigm. Her pass rate was exceptionally high, but that was due to her finding common ground with each student, teaching to the students' needs, not to some bureaucrat's checklist. Nevertheless, she effectively had 80 students on a rolling basis. Back in the late 50s, it was reasoned that if a student could pass the final exam, they only had to demonstrate aptitude in all elements of the standards to get credit. This triggered a rush of autodidactic tendencies. It waxed and waned over the years, but largely old traditional 12 years of schooling in North America became about 10. Still, due to Eleanor's proclivity to work with each student's needs and abilities, instead of mass teaching like in the old days of classrooms and massive infrastructure, she was continuously audited by the crows who sat on the line of the web watching to catch teachers whose methodology was just give the kid an A or a B and be done with it. The problem was, to Eleanor, the perennial issue of standardized markers to measure that pupil A is receiving the same education as pupil B. 
that's fundamentally the wrong question. Education isn't about giving the same lesson. It's about a child learning the same content, Eleanor told one council board member via the lifeless eye of her drone. Students have never learned the same way as every other one in their classes. Now it's easier than ever to give individualized lessons taught to the same standards. I specifically teach to students of low-income families whose lives are without the traditional structure of old. They've not grown up being read to at night. They've been given screens, VR, or something else to occupy them while their family unit scrapes by. Often they're post-geographic too. They're transient. How are they the same as a kid whose parents video link to work or even go into the central office only to return in the evening? Miss Anderson, that is not what we are discussing. This board is to determine the validity of the corruption charges leveled by Auditor 83741. The algorithm of your recorded lessons, your posted syllabus, and your grades do not conform to the NA3B's requirements. Do you have anything to say in your defense about this charge? Chair Jerome Martin countered. I want all students to do their best with the education allotted to them, and my stance is that if they are passing the required tests on their own, as your feed dumps and the interviews have shown, then I'm not finding loopholes or creating means for the system to be circumvented. I'm helping my students, all my students, achieve their best despite the NA3B's obsession with tests, markers, and standardization, she continued. Her eyes looked down and away from her drone. She mumbled to herself about the failures of the past. Speak up, Miss Anderson, one board member, Miss Thomas, said. She was the least sympathetic, Eleanor had thought this whole time. We need to capture everything you're saying to reach our decision on licensure. I'm just musing how people who have never been subject to the test or have never had to sit through them at all seem to be the ones deciding how my students, whom they've never engaged with, need to be taught. Someone is in my students' way, and it isn't me. Her defiance flared brightly like a supernova. Her feed that was being fed into her data pad temporarily went silent. She saw the board debating. The feeling of failure began to steal over Eleanor once again. She had never actually been a failure, but the sense of being an imposter loomed large again. Miss Thomas seemed to be prepared to go full Caiaphas toward Eleanor. Her beaming sense of victory was apparent. Miss Anderson, you have given us much to consider. But since, in your own words, you do not care of the strictures or system of the NA3B's accreditation requirements, we hereby release you from our employ. We will direct your students to other instructors within the next 48 hours. You are forbidden from contacting them or their guardians. All questions you may have are to be directed to Miss Thomas's Department of Certification. Good day. The video slowly winked out. None of them even bothered to make eye contact, she realized. None of them except the gloating glare of Miss Thomas. The system won. She'd thrown it all against the wall and it bounced right back to her. Hello, if you find this video, today's lesson is on revolution. Eleanor said into the drone's eye. She had donned a black market digital face scrambler, but her voice was as clear and confident as could be. 
seething with the ire of conviction. Welcome to University Free America. Thank you for journeying with us beyond this event horizon. If you enjoyed what you heard, please let us know as a review on your podcasting platform or on Twitter at Pocket Singular. We also have email at pocketsingularitypod at gmail.com. We look forward to having you along with us next time as we venture up the gravity well on the Pocket Singularity Podcast. Thank you 